Good morning. Thank you for being here with us this morning. And uh, first off, if you're, if you're visiting with us and this is your first time visiting with us, please fill out a visitor's card if you've not done so, we, so we can have a record of your attendance. And I just want to say thank you for being here. And now I'm going to turn it over to Sandra for the announcements. Good morning. I would have been in here earlier, but you know how rowdy that choir is. It took me a while to get them settled down. Uh, we have got several announcements, and most of these are in your bulletin. But um, next Sunday, our deacons will meet here at the church at 830. And after our morning service, we will have our business, our regular business meeting. Uh, those were scheduled for today, but we're putting these off until next Sunday. <clears throat> Wednesday, um, you know, we always have our Bible studies and the youth, but we had started children's play practice at 5.30. So we're going to put that off a week as well. So we'd still love to know if your child is going to be in the play. So um, let us know that if they haven't been here yet. But we're going to put that off a week as well. Also, a reminder that... um, we will be having an uh, Oktoberfest here at our church, and that will be on Saturday, October the 30th. It's from 4 to 6, but we're needing two things. We need candy, lots of candy, and we need help, lots of help. <laughs> so um, if you will just lay the candy on Artie's desk, And there is a sign-up sheet if you're going to help as well. Uh, We need decorations. We need help. We need people. We need candy. So keep that in mind as well. Uh, This coming Thursday, the WMU will meet at my house, and I think that's at 630. So uh, if y'all want to carpool, get together with each other, and uh, um, that'd probably meaning leaving the church at 6 o'clock. Um, I think that's all the announcements that are in the bulletin. Uh, Why do your joy? Do either one of y'all have an announcement on the missions? Good morning. As you all know, this is our <clears throat> month for, for our state missions offering, and we'd like to bring it to your attention again this morning. So we're far from being to our goal. I think we're about 865. So we're, our goal is $2,000. So I'd like to, to make this plea to you to support the, our state missions because it does support our Baptist men and our disaster relief, uh, a number of different organizations that's it was in within that particular offering. So think about what you would like to give and pray about what God would have you to give. Bruce Bridges was a devoted, faithful, very supportive member of the Disaster Relief and the Brotherhood. He uh, went on several mission trips. So some people had suggested that and you've got these gold envelopes to give for your missions, that if you would like to give in memory of Bruce, then the family would be aware of your gift. So you could just write it 
uh, on the outside of the envelope in memory of Bruce Bridges, who was so, so faithful to both of these organizations. Thank you, and we'll turn it back over to Artie. Again, good morning. Thank you for being here. Thank you for those that are joining us online. Um, do need to make you aware that in case you were not, um, Bruce Bridges did pass away Thursday morning. Um, it is difficult for our church, many of us, and difficult for the family. So pray for them. Pray for their family or his family, Jackie and and Andy and Callie and Irving and the rest of the family, pray for them as they just trust in God. I mean, I don't know any other way to say it. It's just trust in God. And uh, pray for the Martins, Chad and Laura. Laura is at home sick, and Chad is quarantining with her and the Barcher family, as well as uh, some others that in our church that have um, COVID right now and, and other sicknesses. And then um, Tim shared with me this morning that uh, he's got two families, the, the Sane family and the Sisk family. The Sisk family has had several deaths in the family over the last few weeks. And then the Sane family uh, young man was killed in a motorcycle accident um, this past week. So please pray for them. They're both uh, Rutherford County families. So pray for them as they are, are mourning their losses. And unfortunately, he said the young man that died in the motorcycle accident, he wasn't sure about his faith, wasn't sure where he stood in his relationship with Christ. Also remember to grab a prayer sheet um, today. Those are all the ones that have been updated since um, yesterday that we were aware of. So uh Please be in prayer for all those that are listed on the prayer list as well. Now, please join me as we pray to begin our worship service together. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come humbly, bowing before your throne. Dear Lord, we're right now, we stand here broken. Our hearts are aching. We have an emptiness in our, in our heart that only you can feel right now, dear Lord, and we ask you to do that. And dear Lord, even though that we are mourning the loss of Bruce this morning, and we shed tears, not because of him, but because of our pain that we feel. Because dear Lord, he is where he has always wanted to be. His salvation has been made complete. And he is in the presence of his Savior right now, dear Lord. And we praise you for that, dear Lord. But I ask you that just for this short time, that we are able to focus fully on you, that our pain, our heartache, our brokenness will be laid at your feet, and that we may be able to truly worship you this morning. Dear Lord, be with Sandra and the choir as they sing, as they lead us in worship, that we will not just say the words, 
and repeat what we have sung time after time. But we will really think about what the words mean that we're saying and that we will praise you with everything that we've got. And dear Lord, as I speak today, speak through me with such power that the gospel may be proclaimed, that hearts and lives will be mended and the kingdom of God will be added to today. Bless us today, dear Lord. May your spirit move among your people and may you receive all the honor and glory for everything. And it is in the precious name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. We all stand amazed at how much our Lord and Savior loves us. So let us stand and sing praises to him. Page 547, I stand amazed in the presence. And we'll sing the first and the last verses. 547. Chad, and we have no children present right now, but we have children watching online, and I want to share something. We talk about all the time about trusting in Jesus, and that Jesus understands our pain. Well, the fact of life is sometimes we lose people. We are not, we were created to live a long life, but because of sin, we can't do that. Sin brought death and disease and everything else into our lives. And it separated us from God. It broke that relationship with God. But God even planned way back before that, that Jesus would come and make a way of renewing that relationship with him, making it possible for us to live with him for all eternity. But what we need to understand and what our children need to understand is that Jesus does understand our pain. 
You see, Jesus had a really good friend. His name was Lazarus. And Lazarus got sick. And before Jesus got to see Lazarus, Lazarus died. And when Jesus got to their home, Jesus cried. He cried because of the death of his friend. His humanity showed 100% in the fact that he was mourning the loss of his friend. But then, Jesus is 100% God shown through. Because even though Lazarus had already been buried, he was wrapped up in his burial clothes and he was laying in the tomb. Jesus told him to open the tomb. And he said, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus got up and walked out. That may not happen today, but what does happen is that if we lose somebody and their faith and trust is in Jesus Christ as their Savior, they had turned it over to Him. That the moment they die, Jesus says, get up and come here. And they are standing in the presence to live all eternity with Jesus. And while we may mourn, we have to understand that Jesus mourns right alongside of us. Let's pray. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you. I ask you to be with the children that are watching online today. Dear Lord, I thank you for them. I thank you for the ones that have put their faith and trust in you as their Savior. And dear Lord, I ask you to be with those that have not yet Thank you for Chad and the other adults that work with these children every week. Give them the words to say. Give them the the ability to, to minister to these children so that they will come to know you and that they will grow in their faith. And above all, dear Lord, let everyone know that is listening, that you are with them, that you feel their pain, and what hurts us hurts you. Again, dear Lord, bless them. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. When uh, we had chosen this song to sing this morning, we did not know that so many of us would be going through so many issues. The song was written back when Katrina hit in New Orleans. And so you will kind of understand some of the wording in here, how it relates to that. But it relates to life itself. Everyone here has either already gone through a storm, you're going through a storm, or hold on because you're fixing to go through a storm. We all have issues. That's life. As already just explained, that's it's going to happen. So no matter what you're going through, whether it's sickness, whether it's financial issues, problems at home, whether it's grief, God will carry you through. You will get through it. Even though you think, I cannot take this. 
He will carry you through. Strong, he 
You know, we serve an amazing God. Sandra just shared that, uh, you know, as they prepared that song, that we had no idea what kind of storm we would be going through right now. I shared Wednesday night also with those in attendance for prayer meeting that God had impressed upon my heart the sermon that I was going to be preaching today. Never in a million years would I ever thought that I would get a call from Jackie Thursday morning telling me that Bruce was gone. Thursday was a, was a, an emotionally draining day. Friday wasn't much better. But no matter what we feel, God is still on His throne. And He is still putting broken lives back together. So the title of the sermon is Scars in Heaven. I'm, I'm sure that Many of you have heard the song from Casting Crowns. In fact, Wednesday, as I was listening to the radio, as I was driving around and doing things, I heard this song no more than six, no less than six times. Even on the way home from church that night, I heard it. And then again, Friday, I heard it. This morning when I got in the car, and turned the radio on, it was playing. So that's the title of the sermon, Scars in Heaven. And like many times, you hear something, you hear a song or something, and you don't really pay attention. You say, that's catchy. But I ask you, the next time you hear that song, stop and actually listen to the words. So with that, our focal text is going to be coming from Revelation today. Revelation 21, verses 3 and 4. So if you would stand as I read this, Revelation chapter 21, verses 3 and 4. This is what John writes of his vision, his revelation. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, The tabernacle of God is among men, and he shall dwell among them, and they shall be his his people. And God himself shall be among them, and he shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall no longer be any death, and there shall no longer be any mourning, or crying, or pain. The first things have passed away. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I need your strength today. And I ask that you speak through me today in a way that you've never spoken before. Bless the reading of your word. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our living Savior, we pray. Amen. Before we get into my first point, I want to point out some things in this this verse. It says that in in verse 3, Behold the tabernacle of God. That is talking about Jesus Christ. 
The word tabernacle, it refers back to dwelling among us. When we say that Jesus lives in us, what we are literally saying is that Jesus tabernacles with us. He dwells within us. We become His dwelling place. So I want you to understand that this is talking about Jesus Christ and the fact that He came and dwelt among us. And He will come back and dwell among us. And we will dwell with Him. And we will be His people. And God Himself, through the body of Jesus Christ, will be with us. But the first thing I want us to see is that it's a question. No scars in heaven. Look at verse 4 of Revelation. It says, Revelation 21, it says, And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. What are those first things that it's talking about? All of those things that just mentioned. See, when we're born, we're born into a fallible, finite body. The moment we are born, we begin to die. We begin that process. We have no idea how long that will take. My nephew lived less than four weeks, and he died. Bruce lived almost 60 years, and he died. Nell Buff is 101, and she is still alive. There is no, death is not a respecter of persons. Jesus tells us it's appointed unto man once to die. We are all going to die. We can't add anything to it. Sometimes you hear where they were such in good shape. They, they took really good care of themselves. Listen. When God says it's time for us to go, it's time for us to go, and there's not a thing we can do about it. All we can do is make sure we're ready to go when it's our time. Because we know, don't know when. That's the first things. All of that is going to pass away. And when we stand face to face with Jesus Christ, we are going to receive that perfect body. We are going to receive what God intended in the beginning. We're going to have that relationship with Him. Our salvation is going to be made complete. And we will not have any of those things. We were joking with Jackie. Jackie said, Bruce has got, his, got both his legs now running down those streets of gold. And I said, Annie's got hair. <laughs> she, she started laughing. She goes, that's true. I'm going to have hair. We are made Perfect. All the affirmities that we've had to deal with here on life will no longer exist because we're going to be standing in the presence of the perfect Lamb of God. And we will be made perfect. Cancer does not exist. COVID does not exist. Death does not exist. Pain, sorrow, crying does not exist in the presence of our all 
mighty Savior. That is the first things. All of that are gone. So when it comes to us, there are no scars. We will not have the scars that sin has placed on our body. But I want us to understand something. Jesus kept his scars. See, he kept them after his resurrection. After he was crucified and buried and rose again, we know for a fact that he still had his scars in his glorified body. See, in John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29, Jesus had appeared to the disciples except for one. There was one not there. Thomas. And Thomas said, I won't believe it until I see it for myself. And not only do I have to see it, I have to touch him. I have to feel the scars in his hand and on his side. I have to see it to believe it. Thomas must have been Baptist. That's all I've got to say because we got some stubborn people. And accepting things on faith sometimes is hard for us. But Jesus being the merciful one that He is. Listen to what it says. It says, But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were saying to Him, We have seen the Lord. But He said to them, Unless I see in His hands the imprint of the nails, and put my finger into the place the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors having been shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said, Thomas, reach here with your finger, See my hands. Reach here with your hand and put it into my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who do not see and yet believe. Jesus has a way of coming to meet us where we are. And he kept his scars to prove to Thomas that he was who he said he was and he, he was Jesus in the flesh. But then he says, blessed are those that believe without seeing it. Jesus knew what Thomas needed. He met him where his faith was just like he met Peter. You know the story that after Jesus appeared to him, he said, Peter, do you love me? And he kept saying yes. The words that he was using was very different. Jesus was asking, do you love me unconditionally? And Peter was saying, I love you like a brother. And Jesus asked him again, do you love me unconditionally? He says, I love you like a brother. And what broke Peter's heart was the fact that the third time he asked him, Jesus changed and met Peter where he was. And he says, do you love me as a brother? And he says, yes, Lord, I love you like a brother. And he said, feed my sheep. 
Jesus comes down to where we are. He meets us with where we are. And he understands the fact that Thomas needed to see those scars. And he showed him those scars. And then we know that he kept them after his ascension into heaven. We know that Christ is up there on the right hand of God right now and he still has those scars. How do we know that? Well, in Revelation chapter 5, verse 6, it says this. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing, as if slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. John records several times in his revelation in several different places, that Jesus appeared as the perfect Lamb of God, as a Lamb that had been slain. And even the angels and the saints praise Him and say, Blessed is the Lamb of God that has been slain. How can they tell that He had been slain? How did He appear that He had been slain? Because He still holds the scars today in heaven. You see, sin has a way of putting a mark on us. And today, Jesus bears that mark in heaven. So why did Jesus keep His scars? Why are there scars in heaven? Because He wants to remind us that He knows our pain. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, He made Him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. (coughs) Sin has left its mark on us. In death. In scars. And it leaves our mark. You know, I've got scars. I've got one here. I've got one on my head. I've got them on my knees. From where I've had surgeries. From where I have fallen as a child doing something and cutting myself. I've got those scars. And yes, those scars show where an injury was. But those scars also show where healing has taken place. Because we're looking at scars, we're not looking at wounds. This scar right here on my thumb where I had surgery shows that it is healed. The remnant is there, but it is not an open wound. It is healed. Jesus became sin for us. He took those wounds for us. It says in the Old Testament that we are healed by His stripes. And now He bears those scars that were once open wounds, but because of the almighty, blessed power of God, those wounds are healed. 
And He reminds us that He knows our pain by having those scars. He kept His scars to remind us of how much He loved us. Romans 5.8 But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Every parent has asked their child, how much do you love me? And when they're small, and they're so cute when they do it, I love you this much. Well, God asked Jesus, how much do you love my creation? And he says, I love them this much. And he took the nails for us. Those scars are proof of God's love. And then he kept them to remind us that Jesus has the final victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, from the very beginning, Satan tried to beat God in the Garden of Eden. He tried to, he convinced Adam and Eve that God didn't know what He was talking about. And He tricked them into to, to taking the fruit. That, the only thing God told them not to do. I know they had to be teenagers. Because every time I tell my teenagers not to do something, guess what it is they do? do anyway. They do it anyway. And sometimes 20-something-year-olds do it anyway. Then, all through the history of the Old Testament, Satan tried to undermine God and he kept trying to beat Him. And then when Jesus came, he tried to get Him right there at the beginning when he was just a child. Herod had all the boys killed, but God knew more and He sent him to Egypt to protect him. And then, he thought he really had him. I mean, I'm sure the Satan and the demons were going nuts, having a huge party the moment Jesus was nailed to that cross. And they partied, and they were so excited. They had finally beaten God at his own game. You see, Satan, Lucifer, is the angel of light. God never created anything. Created. I want you to understand that. God never created anything more beautiful. And Satan, Lucifer, 
thought he was better and deserved more acknowledgement and thought he was better than Jesus. And that's why he was him and his followers had been cast out of heaven in the first place. So now he thought for sure, I've finally beaten him. I get to be the number one. And the earth began to shake. The curtain that separated us from God was ripped top to bottom. And Satan's like, oh, what in the world's going on? And then he was buried, and Satan's like, yes, I finally won. But again, the earth began to shake. And the stone rolled away. And Jesus got up on the third day and walked out. Having beaten death, hell, and the grave in one final stroke. And Satan doesn't know it. He's still fighting hard trying to, de- to, to destroy everything that God has built. Trying to destroy the kingdom of God one soul at a time. And he doesn't know it, but the victory's already been won. Because I cheated. I read the last chapter in the book. And Jesus has the final victory. Satan will be cast into the pit for all eternity. And we will get to dwell with God and our Savior Jesus Christ forevermore. That's why Jesus kept his scars. That's why there's scars in heaven. He's standing there, or he's actually sitting on the right hand of God. making intercessions for us. And he's saying, see, Father, I became sin for them. This is how much I love them. And I've already won the victory. That's why the scars are in heaven. No, church, I don't care if you're here in person or watching it online. But each and every one of you need to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You need to know for sure that you have been bought with the price of those scars. That you have been forgiven because of the love of those scars. And if you don't know that, I pray that you are the most miserable human being on this planet until you come to know God and Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. 
you are not guaranteed another second. You could walk out this door, get in your vehicle to go home, pull out onto the road, and get blasted by a semi. You could stand up and get ready to walk out and drop dead of a heart attack. I don't want to scare you. I don't think fear should be the motivation to accept Christ. But facts are facts. We're not guaranteed another day. Don't waste it. Don't wait. Because you may not ever be able to get a second chance. If you don't know Christ as your Savior today, let me introduce you to Him. If you're looking for a place to worship and a place to call home, we would love for you to come be part of us. This is your opportunity. And I'm going to share this too. If you're here and you've got something against somebody else, doesn't matter if they know about it or not. You can't be totally right with God unless you're right with each other. You need to get those broken relationships fixed so you can fix the relationship with God. See, the Bible says that we are supposed to ask forgiveness even if we, even, even if we didn't know about it. But when we're holding on to anger, we're holding on to hard feelings, we're giving the power away from God and giving it to somebody else. And He wants all of us. So we have to have those relationships mended. But right now, the musicians are not going to come. We're going we're to have our invitation. But I want you to stand. If you would stand, pray. And if God is telling you to move, move as this song plays. If I had only known the last time would be the last time I would have put off all the things I had to do would have stayed a little longer, held on a little tighter. Now what I'd give for one more day with you. Cause there's a wound here in my heart where something's missing. And they tell me that it's gonna heal with time. But I know you're in a place where all your wounds have been erased And knowing yours are healed is healing mine The only scars in heaven That won't belong to me and you There'll be no such thing as broken And all the old will be made new and the thought that makes me smile now, even as a tear.
down Is that the only scars in heaven Are on the hands that hold you now share of scars along the way oh, but now you're standing in the sun you fought your fight and your races run the pain is all a million miles away the only scars in heaven that won't belong to me and you there'll be no such thing as I'm standing with you in the sun I'll fight this fight and this race I'll run Until I finally see what you can see Don't forget. 
again on the 30th, our, our trunk or treat, please sign up. This is an incredible opportunity to share the love of Christ with our community and reach children and families that we normally would not be able to minister to. So please sign up on the bulletin board if you're willing to decorate your trunk um, or just come and help. We need help. And we've gotten a lot of candy. Thank you for those that have given candy, but we still need more. We have no idea how many people to expect, and I'm going to tell you, with the, the atmosphere that's now, they're going to be looking at things to do to, to try to be as normal as possible so we could get swamped on the 30th. So please be, come and help candy, 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 candy. We need more. Um, and I promise I have not dug into it. I've, I've kept Sandra away from the chocolate. It's all still, nothing is open unless my kids snuck into it, which I don't think they have because I kept a pretty close eye on them. So, uh, but at this time, thank you. Thank you. We're going to ask Jim Humphreys, as the deacon of the week, if he would come and dismiss us in prayer. pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for, for sending Jesus to pay a price we couldn't pay and to give us a path to salvation. Thank you, Lord, for the scars he still carries that we might be saved. Thank you, Lord, for knowing that the moment we give our hearts to him, our name is written in the book of life. And there's quickly coming a day that we'll all be gathered together and we'll all be forever in his presence. We all as Christians have that to look forward to. But for now, as we still live in this fallen world and we still deal with pain and sorrow, grant us perseverance, Lord. Grant us peace. And as this worship service comes to a close, help us to remember that the worship in our heart never, never comes to a close. Help us to keep it at the forefront of our thoughts and to pray without ceasing. It's in your precious son Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen.